Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a website, like a home <laughs> contracting services. It's like a, I don't know, like a, okay. I, don't, I don't know. It's like example. a trust thing. Like, <clears throat> like a thumbtack. It's like home and- Yeah, home improvement. Verify okay. people like, you get somebody on there like a contractor to fix your house or bathroom, or whatever. Like they're on Angie's list, they're trusted. Like they'll walk yeah. in the door and not leave with your VCR or whatever. I don't know who steals VCRs now, but that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. Today we're talking about the top five ways to better have a work-life balance. A lot of people talk about a work-life balance. What does that mean? You know, there's a lot of like, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff out there that I think is like marketing, marketing, marketing language in that. But we're just going to kind of break it down for everybody and, and what our things are, what the top five things we think are. Uh, but right now we do have a guest, as you notice. Uh, so... That is Camaria. Hi, guys. Camaria is our social media brand strategist. Social media strategist. I'll get it right in post, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's our social media strategist at Nerd Brand. Uh, and of course, I'm Jason, and that's John, and that's Mitch. And so oh. let's get into the show today. I kind of did that intro a little backwards, so I think that's good. That that that, <laughs> that keeps it fresh. Anyways. So this podcast episode is about work-life balance. If you're not able to take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to perform very well at your job. You're not going to be like, you're going to just have fatigue. Uh, it, it leads to poor time management. It leads to, honestly, detachment. And it really can negatively affect your professional life in devastating ways. And it can carry over to your personal life since we're all pretty much work from home now. So um, I personally left a negative toxic environment job like walked out never done that ever in my career and i've been in the employment force i've been in, well, since i was 19 i've been working in different vocations but still so um you know it definitely it definitely has an effect because it will sit on you and just create so many problems but uh, i want to open up the questions for everybody what is a work-life balance what does that mean to you all who wants to go first mitch <laughs> Okay, uh, work-life balance. Well, it's just generally, you know, finding kind of that, you know, that equity between the amount of time and attention you spend with your vocation or your job, the thing you do to make money, versus the amount of time, energy, effort you spend with your your family, your home, um, your life outside of that vocation. Um, I will say, I think it's probably 
it's probably a situation where if you have a significant other at home or a family, you have children, or even if you, you have pets, um, finding that balance so that everybody gets the proper and appropriate amount of time, energy, and effort that they need from you. Good luck keeping um, that cat off the keyboard, everyone. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said well, pets. <laughs> well, I closed the door. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what it is. And to your point, now that you know a good percentage of the American workforce is working from home, I think that's probably a bigger challenge now, I'm guessing, than probably it's ever been. Oh yeah. It's just a guess. That's just a guess. Yeah. What about you guys? What about you all? What who wants to John, you want to go next? Camaria? Camaria's next. I'll okay. go. <laughs> I raise my hands. Um, <laughs> I say I say work-life balance to me is like um having that being able to give enough of yourself to your work, but also reserve enough of yourself to give to your at-home life and the things you like to do on your own. So like having healthy healthy separation between the two. Yeah, simple. Yes. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's kind of the, the most literal definition is, is how do you get those two separate? I think especially in this, this time period where a lot of people are becoming more self-employed or they've got you know, side gigs or whatever it is, or they're fully self-employed because they got laid off due to COVID and they wanted to jump into this idea that they've had for however long. And now they, they have the opportunity and, you know, it's necessary to jump into something. Um, it's to me, for me personally, it's very hard to maintain as, you know, as somebody who is self-employed, who probably has too much on their plate I think everybody here probably agrees that they have too much on their plate. Uh, you know, finding that ability to get all the stuff done, especially when you're dealing with clients, you know, day in, day out, finding that time to get what they need because they don't particularly care too much what your, you know, your personal situation is. They just, just like us, they need their business to run. Uh -huh. um, finding the, the time to get that stuff done, the administrative stuff on the business side, and then obviously, yes, you know, it shouldn't come third that your family and your, your, your people, the people in your life shouldn't come after that stuff. There's got to be, you know, a priority set. And to me, you know, I've, I've been in work environments that I wouldn't say are like toxic necessarily, but they just weren't for me. Um, you know, and to your point, Jason, it, it can wear on you. It can, it can very much take you down on a personal level and really deeply impact your happiness, your ability to socialize, your everything. So yeah. to me, especially in this, this time period of the past year, that's been, it's been hard to maintain. I think everybody can agree. It's been hard to maintain where that line is because you go into your basement to work or you go into your, your office in your house or you go into your attic in my case and you try to, to, you know, segment what's happening downstairs or upstairs. If you got kids and all that, everybody's dealing with that with schools being out and everything. So I don't know, that's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, I'm curious to see how other companies that have opted to go hundred percent remote permanently, how they support their employees. Cause it's got to change a little bit. Yeah. See well, what I did. I set up, I set up an office at my cousin's house. So I'm not working at home. I go somewhere else and I can separate mm -hmm. the two. That's right. smart. That's really smart. I I did read recently that Google is uh, getting ready to go on a hiring spree, apparently again, and put people back into the office. 
Um, so I kind of wonder if that's a signal for at least partial, you know, cause I mean, it's, I don't think it's reason. I think it's reasonable to work, have a split kind of a thing, you know, work from home, work at the office, you know, a couple of days a week. I mean, all of us are within probably a 30 minute drive of somewhere in Louisville. Um, Laura is not, she was on our last episode for our listeners. She was, uh, she's our web developer. She's the other lady in nerd brand. So, um, you know, you can go back and watch that last episode that we had with her on there, but you know, she works from home, uh, and she's what an hour and a half one way drive to Louisville. (laughs) So yeah, work, you know, commuting is not, you know, that, that's where I think everybody's going to be like, all right, this work from home thing. I'm going to make this work because I don't want to drive all day. Like, you know, sitting in traffic is like, even if itself is sort of like, you're just sitting there. We're looking at somebody's taillights brooding about (laughs) the job or the day. (laughs) Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, talking about commutes back in the day, I worked with a, uh, the director of a media department at agency I used to work at. She drove from Lexington to, to downtown Louisville mm-hmm. every day. What is that, that? About a four hour drive? No, no, Lexington's about an hour, hour and an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, but it's three it's hours. An hour in 19 minutes. Yeah, right. Somebody's done Lexington, that trip. Lexington is an hour and 19 minutes um, on the dot. I drove to downtown <laughs> Louisville from campus all the time but a lot of my professors lived in Louisville and would drive to Lexington to work wow yeah I mean I could see that like two days a week you know if you're a professor you got two days a week where you're on campus mm-hmm. maybe maybe but still to do that five days a week I'm always amazed that that people you know I draw my limit at about 30 minutes <laughs> at that <laughs> point you know and from a financial perspective it you know it just doesn't make sense in my opinion unless you have an exceptional job uh, yeah true she was a department head on yeah. sort of a VP level position. So yeah, but her, her husband had a, had a really lucrative job and see, this gets a whole other, you know, you know, that home family kinds, but her husband had a really nice job there in Lexington with uh, one of the horse publications. So it didn't make sense for him to leave mm-hmm. Lexington. So that's a whole other kind of interesting dynamic between the home work dynamic. When you've got a spouse that drives all that way, you don't, the amount of time you spend together with your spouse and things like that. And that's another interesting kind of aspect of that whole work life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a subjective thing um, because it's, it's different for everybody. Uh, so it's like, it's up to the organizations to kind of look at their workforce and pay attention to where they're coming from and what their drive is like, and kind of make that decision to kind of hopefully proactively tell them like, it's okay if you're here, you know, twice a week and not every day. Um, you know, cause the employees, they're not going to take that initiative because that's an HR issue. They don't know if that's going to put their job at risk. I mean, so employers do have to take more of an active role now in that. Um, I like Dolly Parton's quote, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. That's what I included for that, for this show. Uh, mm-hmm. everybody loves Dolly Parton. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I yeah. live by a philosophy, uh, work to live don't live to work yeah and i got that from when i was in spain literally they will go on like three hour lunch breaks i'm like what what how do y'all make money they like make it when we get back i'm gonna be at work all day we want to brunch yeah we're going to brunch yeah. well that's I'm the like, thing too right. is, is other cultures so much view time differently uh, mm-hmm. you know we view it 
I don't remember the distinction, but there's like a linear view of time. And then there's another type where, you know, they don't, you know, certain cultures don't value necessarily being on time or running on a strict schedule the way that, that we typically do. Not that one way is better or the other, but it's to me that, that flexibility opens up the balance opportunity where you're I'm not voting. locked in. Whatever the other way is, it's better. <laughs> it looks fine. <laughs> I'm cast well, at my vote. You know, for everybody listening out there, uh, I mean, Nerdbrand kind of, nobody's really paid by the hour here. I don't, I don't like the idea of wage workers because I don't want, you know, tracking all that time and making sure that you're punching in and punching out. Like we don't, we don't put hubcaps on cars. That's not our business model, but core hours, we do have a set of core hours from nine to three. Obviously, if you add that up at the end of the week, that's not 40 hours. So basically it's like, you know, you either come in early and leave early or you come in when later and leave later, or you work another day or, work four days and take off the third, you know, fifth. I, it's just, you got to get the time in, in this business because that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what all, that's all that we're doing. Everybody's to be productive. You have to put in the time. So proper boundaries, healthy boundaries on, on how that's done. So yeah, you want to take a three hour lunch? Sure. Might want to let other people know though, in case there's an important <laughs> meeting or something just bursts into flames because they may need you for that. That's the only caveat. Um, but anyway, probably, <laughs> it, it, it probably varies a bit by industry and, 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 and uh, vocation as far as the, I mean, that's an, something we probably haven't talked much about is it depending on your vocation depends on how much time you can spend away during the day from your job versus people who have to be there all the time, you know, mm. watching certain things. Like if they're a member of a team and they have to be part of that team all day long, they don't have that flexibility of take, they have a set lunch break so that everybody can be out and back right. at the same time to yeah. meet certain goals or, or things. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're on an, uh, an electrician's crew, you can't just kind of dip out and be gone <laughs> for three hours because the guy behind you is waiting for you to get done with your piece to get started. Right. And that yeah. job as a whole, you know, that's not totally different from what we do. A yeah. job as a whole has a timeline and a projection projected. <laughs> Could you imagine being an electrician and trying to like, drill holes through studs after the drywall has already been put up and mudded. <laughs> they like, shouldn't have took that lunch break. <laughs> All right. You weren't here. I had to get done. So, you know, <laughs> I think for, for employers too, it's, it's gotten tougher. Um, you know, I speak from having just a small team, but imagine having trying to, trying to please the interests of 800 employees or 50 employees even. And like, yeah. you know, we know the we know what the research says. Most people want some form of hybrid flex schedule and some time in the office. I mean, there's been polls up and down LinkedIn lately that I've seen that uh, like 80% of people want a hybrid. They want a flexible schedule, but they also want the opportunity to go into the office or some office environment. And that's that's tough on an employer and on everybody else on the team for the employer they've now got to figure out how do I get an office, but also leave it empty for 80% of the time, but still have that resource there because people need it versus, oh. you know, how do we operationally work with some people in an office and some people working remotely? Um, I'll make that's why that, John's hinting, Jason, find office. I don't. I love working <laughs> remotely. I love it. I will go into an office, but probably about 20% of the time I'm in that category where like 80% of the time I don't want to be in an office and 
and I don't want to be expected to be in an office. That was one of the, the, you know, when I hinted at, I didn't have toxic work environments, but environments that weren't for me, the 8.30 to 5 on the dot, punch in, punch out, is not not suitable for this type of work, in my opinion. But I've uh, never known you to do that. John, John would come in like, you would do don't make me look bad here. No, I mean, <laughs> well, it's a work, it's a work habit thing. And other people in the office and their perception is that it could be negative upon that employee that does that. But it's usually it's just because of operational problems and not understanding like, well, that job doesn't warrant just the grind, you know? And that's the point. It's like, if you're in at nine and out at two, look, you got your stuff done and it's done right. Go home. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. <laughs> right. Like, if I'm going to do that, is it fair that I make other people stay? Like, you know, I mean, I, I feel like in an office if, as CEO, if I'm unless I'm going out to an appointment or something, if I walk out and go, enjoy the weekend and it's Friday at two o'clock, guess what? Y'all just go home. You know, that's kind of how I feel about it. That's kind of the way I am. Um, but yeah, you know, I miss offices. Mitchell didn't understand this too, because in our work, <laughs> it's really nice to have that whiteboard and collaborate and, and ideate, if you will, um, when you're in the room with people. Um, because in web, it's, it's hard to, especially in development, it's hard to like discuss complex like connections and things like that in a format like this. And then in creative, Mitch, you can probably attest to this, is the strategy and advertising and what you're going to do with the brand and its management or even its development and coming up with a name. I mean, you write the name down 20 minutes later, you don't want to hear that same name recommended again because nobody right. wrote it down. <laughs> it's like, right, let's call it Rocket. We'll call it Rocket. We said that 30 minutes ago, Bob, stop suggesting Rocket. <laughs> well, you know, Zoom and other, some of these other applications have features where you can, they have a whiteboard kind of setting where you can kind of have everybody in the room and have a whiteboard. I don't know what you call it, okay? I don't know what the scientific term is it for is it for it is, but there's just, there's a dynamic yeah. on the creative side of this business, and I'm sure it's true in other businesses. When you have, I don't mean a crowd. Let's say you've got me as a creative director, an art director, a copywriter, in a room concepting. It can be an ad, it can be a logo, whatever it is. That personal person to person dynamic where you're seeing faces, you're hearing breathing, you're the, the, the communication and the feedback is instantaneous. There's no clicking. There's no, you know, awkward talking over one another because of the delay in the feed. Let me doodle no. that. <laughs> right. There, there's just a, there's a human dynamic to it that you can't replicate any other way. And I, I'll be honest, I miss it. I really do. And, and, and Jason, I mean, we work together. You know, it's like when something, it's just nice to go get up, walk around the corner, sit in somebody office, somebody's office, look at them face to face and engage. Yeah. Yeah. Unless That's I, I was going to say the shut. human aspect, just being around people. I like being around people, people, yeah. person. So like being alone all the time is not like ideal for me. I love working from home, but like if I got the opportunity to go into office and see my favorite office friend, my favorite work friend, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That ha and yeah. I get that. That happens years ago. I had, I had that situation where I had a work friend and you know, that's just, she moved away. <laughs> How dare you leave me? Yeah, how, how, how dare you leave Louisville and go to Austin, Texas? Shame. 
It was more like, you did not tell me you. we were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please take me with you. <laughs> uh, anyways, got a little bit ahead on the topic. Uh, John, uh, you want to share, like, apparently this is the year of renewal. Brands are just rebranding from the CIA to, uh, you know, beer and yeah, to Who's match.com, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's rebranding. And I think it's, you know, to me, it's, it's a, it's a sign of how important branding can be and rebranding can be. Uh, you know, these big name brands who have super well-established presences are still taking the time to pour investment and pour time into rebranding. It's to make, make some conversation. And in a time like this, when we're trying to recover, all brands are trying to recover from, you know, the losses that they suffered in, in the past year. Uh, you know, branding can be a, a marketing tool, so to speak, although it's, it's, more on the front side of marketing yeah um but for this week i, I stumbled on uh, angie's list which is like a uh obviously a platform for booking contractors and and home services and things like that um they try to take the friction out of that so you're not dealing with uh a plumbing contractor over here a, a whatever electrical contractor over here and trying to make everybody work together as a homeowner you know you're not a you're not a general contractor. <laughs> um, so they try to take the friction out of that, but they basically, you know, it was called Angie's List. Now they've cut it down to just Angie and they dropped the E for some reason. I haven't figured mm -hmm. that out yet, but it's A-N-G-I now. Angi. Uh, huh. As in angina, <laughs> yeah. as in heart attack. <laughs> I will yeah. cut in, uh, I'll cut into the video podcast, the graphics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they went from... They completely changed their colors and everything. So it's all the all the fun stuff we talked about. They went from a green, you know, primarily green color to now they're red, kind of a soft red, more like a almost like an Airbnb type of color. Hmm. Um and revamped their website and all that. One thing that's interesting is if you I think if you Google Angie's list now, they're running a specific Google ad that says Angie's list is now Angie. So it's just something, again, to think about all the channels, the holistic presence um, of, of rebranding and how, you know, to avoid confusing people, you've got to think about the channels that they're going to find you in and explicitly explain this thing is still this thing. Uh, hopefully you're not mad at us. <laughs> type of, but uh, that's, that's not, really it, it's idea. an interesting one, especially in this in this time period where everybody is uh, for one, the housing market's going crazy everybody's kind of renovating they have been for the past year because they've been stuck inside they want to make their their living environment nicer you got people building home offices like we're talking about um so i think it's it's a solid play and again it's kind of like a marketing play now everybody's talking about angels list i mean you know who who was talking about angels list a week ago nobody but now they're on cnbc cnn uh denver publications because that's where they're based so PR is coming out of it, you know, and, and it's just doing a, doing a rebrand is about more than just creating something new. It's giving you an opportunity to kind of reinvigorate your audience and, and your brand and get folks talking. So that's that. Anybody going to use them? Well, just, it, it'd be interesting to see how they shake out, how, how it shakes out and how it's received. Um, their biggest competitor and the one I tend to use more frequently is HomeAdvisor because mm -hmm. there's no upfront fees and things like that. And I, that's how I found um, to be able to dip my roof. Um, 
And if I recall, their color is kind of a green. So I almost wonder if I'm not mistaken, I could be. But if that's the case, I wonder if they did that to differentiate themselves mm-hmm. from Home Advisor because they were very similar to, in their feel, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Could be why they did that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that was the unofficial brand bit by Jonathan to give us a new brand. Um, I can I can kind of drop a little bit of nerd news. Uh, I think today, as of this recording today, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is uh, available on Disney Plus. Oh, don't so, say that. Yeah, so that's our that. Well, apparently that's also Camaria's weekend now. <laughs> <laughs> on. Thank you, and I still need to watch Justice League. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Justice League did drop yesterday, and I saw some comments. People were like, "Why is it in four by three? You know, because the whole and I was like. Because they wanted to do IMAX and they didn't want to crop everything for the, you know, widescreen, which I was like, okay, eh, you know, I, I've not seen it. I've, I've made statements on here before that my feel of, uh, as far as like branding and advertising from DC and the product that comes out, I don't have a lot of faith. Like I don't really plan around going to see DC movies. And this is kind of part of our discussion Why? with nerd brand. The, the, it's just, I'm not, I don't trust it. Like I'll catch it later. Like if Marvel comes out with something, they got my money ahead of time. Like I will, I will do like a health account. Like I'll put money in and cash that out later to go see it. Cause I know I'm going to see a good movie, but you know, what's funny. Well, I started, I started watching justice league last night. And then like, as the movie started, I remembered, Oh, they're good at development origin stories. Not the just, not, everything after the origin story and this is not an origin story because the intro was like five minutes and then i kind of realized it was four hours and i was like i'm going to sleep i'm gonna do this over the weekend but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like oh this is this is like in game was three hours or whatever i was like worth it but it's 11 p.m i'm not staying up till three for this so (laughs) yeah but but in but in game was like a culmination of 10 years of work and character development Mm -hmm. for all these characters and come mm-hmm. on, who did not cry at Endgame? If you didn't cry at the end of Endgame, you're not human. I cannot <laughs> deal with you. You're just you not. Have a pulse. You. You're not a human. You can, you can sleep now, Tony. That was like, oh god, you know. It's like a baby. I'll just turn into a baby after that. Sorry, John. Yeah, I think I know uh, we're off into territory. You're like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I started thinking about a whole bunch of differences between DC and the marvel first of all both of them are going to have my money up front i just know to expect different things but i did notice that uh marvel they they drop several movies a year like they they're getting us ready they they amp up things way ahead of time and they do it way faster whereas dc i don't know what's going on but they drop like one movie a year and they take another year two more years to address the movie they put out originally and i'm like yeah, they don't really just... they don't feed the beast very much, and the beast, of course, is the fans. The fans just the fans just want to consume, you know. It's critical. Shows. Yeah, I, you know, I I don't know. Maybe they'll get that right through HBO Max and streaming. Maybe they'll latch on and give us like kind of like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. They'll give us like a, a flash kind of a eight part maybe series you know, to kind of flesh out what happened after Justice League and in between that and Aquaman, because honestly, Aquaman mm-hmm. happened after Justice League, but what happened in between, you know, there's probably some space for some stories, we hope. Some, I don't know. Some development. Yeah, <laughs> but as you can see, I'm a fan of both both of them, but I do, cinematically, I lean toward Marvel 
um, comics, um, and animation, um, more DC. Uh, yeah. And animation in DC's had some problems. I mean, there's been very few animated movies that I look at and I go, well, that was a good one. <laughs> it's like, no, it wasn't. It's like always the third act. I just wait for it. I time it now, which ruins the whole thing for me now because I've learned the beats, right? So I've, the third act comes around. I'm like, well, they're going to drop the ball here somewhere on the story. So this is going to suck. <laughs> what did I put in those other two thirds of, right. of time? And I always feel that way. It's like, don't drop the ball in the 11th hour, guys. You got to carry that through. That's what makes it impactful. And Marvel's, I mean, they've done that very well with theirs. Um, so I don't know. That's why for me, I'm like, eh, I'll wait later. Uh, so anyways, that was a little bit of the nerd news on that. Mm-hmm. Um, not to take up a lot of time on that. Uh, but uh, I do want to kind of get to like these five things about you know, uh, a healthy work-life balance. And the first one on the list is fatigue. Um, anybody got a good story about how they experience, don't name names, but anybody got a good story about like how that impacted them on a job or at a job or something? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't want it to be perceived as negative at all, but I'm pretty fatigued right now. <laughs> Just the past year. And, and again, you uh-huh. know, uh, on the self-employment side, there's so much more than just getting the job done. There's the administrative side and the operations and all that. And on top of that, you know, I think a lot of people can, can relate. I've got a two-year-old and a three-month-old and that doesn't, that doesn't add up to sleep, you know, from a, from a work-life balance perspective. So that's, right. you know, fatigue. You don't ever, for me, I've always tried to avoid any job that makes me look forward to the weekend. I think that's one thing that if you're if you're in a job that makes you look forward to the weekend, you're probably in the wrong spot. Or, you know, if Sunday night your stomach starts crumbling up and you're you're anxious and, you know, feel unmotivated because you got to get up on Monday, you're, just, you're not in the right spot or something's off there. So, right. yeah. you know, trying to trying to yeah. avoid that burnout, trying to avoid those emotions and feelings, I think is the biggest key to or, or kind of the biggest measures, barometers, whatever. To figure out if you're in a good spot or not um, but fatigue i mean your work suffers obviously your your relations with the people that you're working with can suffer because you're just on edge um you know the dealing with clients while you're fatigued is not not the best thing <laughs> uh just it just, just it's not productive you don't hear and well so, yeah. you don't absorb well yeah. when you're fatigued yeah I was 14 years from 1996, I believe, is when I started, to 2005. I was in the engineering arena as a drafter, mechanical drafter and designer for 14 years, which sounds like, you know, great. And I only worked two jobs in those 14 years. And uh, the first eight, um, at the first place that I worked at, like I started when I was 19, but... You know, in 2005, something happened. I mean, the, the, the business started getting into like um, designing and making store fixtures. So, you know, I was working on prototyping checkout lanes and carousels and, and things like that, uh, working with companies like Walmart and Dollar General and, and everything else. And the previous, and that was like at the end of my term at that company, at the start, I was doing medical equipment, like overhead monitor carriers and, and, um, you know, we did a, a table that was 
we tried to use like actuators or, or to raise it, let raise it up and then it will tilt up. So if you're elderly, you can just kind of walk back on it and then it would lay you down and then it would go down or go up. And we ended up doing that later with electrical uh, ones, but yeah, it was a very challenging industry. It was, it's, it's kind of fun at the time, but then when we started like adding on this other completely different business model, because they saw an opportunity, they used the same group in the engineering department that at that time I started running as the manager. And I was like, but all these people know like that they don't really know this. And they really wanted to like push out a prototype within like weeks, like a couple of weeks that after that was going to run like a hundred checkout lanes, like fully assembled after fabricated for Walmart to go on a truck, to go to some store opening for a super center. And, uh, you know, when we started getting into that, it got became grueling and I was just tired. And so I left and I went to another job that was a little bit more laid back, but 2008 happened. <laughs> I got my break. <laughs> I didn't ask for it, but I got it. <laughs> it was a different type of fatigue. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my story. Well, anyway. I mean, the, well, I mean, the one thing, I mean, I've been in the advertising business probably, I mean, the longest of anybody on, on the show, but, and so my stories go way back into a different era of the business when things were maybe were a little bit different. Some things don't change though. I mean, you gear up for big new business pitches, right? You know, um, you're, you're really, you're, you're burning the midnight oil kind of with new concepts to show in the presentation. And then there's a the whole lot, then there's the whole process of getting everything ready for presentation, mm-hmm. um, which there was a time when it was much more analog, <laughs> It was much more of a hand craft than a digital craft. Um, thank God for computers. Um, but that's all, that, 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 <laughs> it is what it is, man. I, I don't run away from it. Um, it's kind of, I've come to appreciate a lot of things. Um, but by the same token, it's, that's always been a part of this business. You have, you're always striving to, to exceed the client or potential client's expectations. So it's a constant striving. The striving doesn't stop. Um, you, you, you may have lulls where you can take a breath, but, and the other thing is too, especially when you're like us and you're more, it, you're in, in addition to creating content and creating material, you're an administrative level, you're choreographing and you're, you're playing traffic cop and you're playing mentor and you're playing you know, manager. That just kind of piles on this, that, that urgency, that sense of urgency and things it it and it's a quality of this business i mean i i had my commercial art teacher in high school my junior year of high school um she told us that first day of class they called it commercial art back then and she said if you're going to work in commercial art you have to learn to live in an atmosphere where you have to make extraordinary work under completely unrealistic deadlines so that that right off the bat she didn't waste any time or energy. She didn't, you know, pussyfoot around. She just said, just before you sit in that chair, this is what you're, this is the ride you're in for. And it's, it's sort of, it's turned out to be true. I mean, that's, that's just the quality in this business that we're in. The fatigue is something you're going to experience. It's going to happen. It's part of the job. Um, it's not always excruciating, but because you're always striving to exceed somebody else's expectations, it's always there. Yeah. It's always but, there. 
you can take a break. I mean, you have to like at some point take a break. But Camari, do you have a story? Do you have like, have you ever experienced extreme fatigue? At something? I'm struggling trying to f- really figure out what y'all meant by fatigue. I'm just, I'm just thinking y'all mean like just tired, tired all the time from working, right? Yeah, more, <laughs> more like to the point of like uh, it, it causes absenteeism at work, and like you just, you don't, it impacts your performance and. You know, burnout, I think, is, is a different word that for, for yeah. fatigue that we're talking oh, about. And absent from home. I mean, it can be the other way. It can be the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like where you, you're so busy working all the time that you forget about that other part of your life that's going on. And there's people that haven't seen you. Even now, if you're working from home, you're still in that room. Yeah, mentally. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really good at I'm really good at catching it right before it happens or like if it's inevitably going to happen, I had a specific week in my life when I was running the org I ran in college. I had like five 20 page papers due. And that same week I had four 15 minute presentations and three exams. And I had eight events to put on that week for the different orgs I was in. And I was like, I just remember I went to class and I was like, I, my teacher said something about a 20 page paper and I got up and I walked out. I just walked out of class. I was like, I am tired. I went, I went into a study room. I cut the lights off. I literally just laid on the ground and I called my daddy. I said, I can't do it. It's too much. And he said, he's like, Maria, you always said you like to be busy and you like when you had too much on your plate. Now you see what's going on. And I was like, he said, what are you doing and what can you not do? And I was like, all right, I took, I took a step back. I was like, I can do all of this. I don't have to go to these three events. Three of the events could thrive without me. Just tell them what they need to do. And then the rest, I was like, I'll be present for what I need to be present for. (laughs) So yeah, that was just that one time. But I knew, I knew that week was going to be too much. I knew like, I knew that ahead of time. I was mentally like, I was trying to prep myself. Turns out I did have a breaking point with it, but I tried to prep myself. But other than that, there's other times like when running the org, senior year also trying to get things together working I had another internship while I was in college and I paid I paid my own rent like I had to pay for everything myself so I'm at my job job um I could say I experienced a bit of fatigue but like I'm very good at recognizing when I'm gonna have a tough week or a tough month Mm -hmm. so I do something that I I steal time like I'll turn my phone off for an hour and a half and I know people are relying on me I tell them, uh, like, then people are relying on me to get back with them for time sensitive things. I'm like, listen, I'm out for an hour. Like, leave me alone. I cut my phone off, put my phone on, do not disturb. That's it. I literally, I set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Very good at, like, while I was in college, I got very good at, like, setting boundaries for myself because mentally, I will not survive if I do not take my time for myself. So, yeah. And then, other than that, I'm usually happy to be busy. Usually, the people I want to be with are in my busy environment, anyway. So, like, we're, we right. were struggling together. <laughs> I lived with my friends. So, like, if I really wanted to see them, I'd pop my head out, like, hey, y'all, I'm breathing, barely. Bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be it. So, yeah, I set boundaries. I set hard boundaries, too, though. Even to this day, I set hard boundaries. Like, I'll, if there's something I want to do, I won't do work after a certain time like I just won't do it I may pick mm-hmm. it back up at midnight because mm-hmm. I get I get real productive at midnight 
<laughs> me too. But like between you night owls. Six p.m. and midnight. I don't know. That's me. That's what I want to do during those times. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I'm in the morning. I used to be at night years ago. Now I'm in morning the morning. Morning for sleeping. Yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> you know, if it's after two o'clock and I got a meeting, I'm like, oh god, I got to struggle through this one. You know, uh, if it's like I got to get, I got to be in the mornings for things. Um, Wow, that was really good. Mary went through yeah. like number two and number three. Well, yeah, I didn't want to. That's why I didn't want to address fatigue because I knew for a fact my answer was going to address something. It, it needed to be, it needed to be set up with the other questions for fatigue. <laughs> no, <it laughs> I still did. have more to say on it. <laughs> yeah, there, the, and we're gonna get to that because I mean it, it. It does tie in. Like the others, sort of like. The others on the list that I have, I've got fatigue, time management, detach from work, relax, and diet. They all kind of, <laughs> I know. But everything but diet. Everybody laughed. But they all tie into dealing with fatigue. Mm-hmm. I have a method to my madness, I promise. Okay. Uh, and you hit on it, like time management, detaching from work, when to relax that's how you deal with it. That's how you start to cope with it because the demands of job is never going to go away. You can change to another job. It's still going to have problems there. You're still going to come across the same kind of relatively the same concerns. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's, this isn't my first go around at an agency or in a marketing and advertising environment. Um, and I knew a person who I used to work with he was there. I mean, I would show up at <laughs> eight o'clock in the morning or seven and I was fine. I was ready to go. I look around it's lunchtime at 12 noon. Oh boy. Would not roll in till like one or two o'clock. <laughs> nice. I would go home at like three 30, four o'clock depending on when I got in, you know, did my eight hours or whatever and took my lunch and like an hour lunch and he'd roll in at like one o'clock. I'm going to lunch. He would just turn right around and go to lunch with me. And I'm just like, you just got here. <laughs> You got to ease into like the mindset. He he stepped into the building, okay? That's all. That was step one. Now he's going to leave with you, engaging with a coworker. Look at that. He was, that was a method to his madness. <laughs> I guess it was. <laughs> I'd probably be like him. So I'm like, oh, I just got here, but you finna eat. Here I come. I, I do this when I get back. We finna eat. Okay, tacos. I arrived just in time. <laughs> nice. I just I arrived in time for tacos. Maybe not work, but tacos. I'm here for that. Tacos. Oh, he's great. <laughs> I want to eat. Yeah. But yeah, detaching from work um, and, and doing that in a healthy way. Uh, my father told me a long time ago, like, separate work and home. You know, like, when you get home, you're home. Of course, this isn't an age where you drove to work, like, pre obviously pre-pandemic. We're talking the 80s, right? So, you know, when he got home, he would try to leave work at work because, you know, the other thing you can not realize you're doing is, you know, you're talking about work all the time and kind of people are tired of hearing it. You know, I mean, you can get really passionate about it, but you just won't in their eye. Shut up. (laughs) Well, even that and, and, you know, you got to be careful not to use your partner or your friends or whoever it might be as that kind of venting your therapist <laughs> like they you know to some degree obviously they need to support you emotionally and all that stuff if you have a bad day or if you're having a, a burnout week you know it's important for them to be there but yeah at some point you can't come downstairs every day or come home from work every day 
and just unload all the, the negative stuff that happened at work or all the, the stress of the clients or whatever it is. Cause that, that person's, they're going to start to feel the fatigue and they're going to get, you know, burned out from that interaction. Um, and they've got their stuff know, for me. With. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the, honestly, the hardest, I guess like the hardest emotional thing to deal with is almost like the, it's really it's guilt almost. And I think a lot of people could probably resonate with it. It's like you, you try to shut down, you try to, to compartmentalize, but then to fill that void, it's like guilt almost sets in that like there's stuff that needs to be done. It is to your benefit to get it done, but also you have all these, you know, these other two or three things in your life that demand your time and, and deserve it. And it's like, how do you, how do you compartmentalize that feeling of not getting enough done or not accomplishing what is in your mind? Um, I always, think, I always think like there's always something else that's going to need to be done is how I look at it. Like it never stops yeah. and you kind of want to hope that it doesn't because if it does stop, well, we're not making money. Nobody's getting paid. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah. laughs> I, That's kind of how I look at it. But when you live with a partner, you know, I think it's a, it's a healthy thing to give each other five minutes, like literally hit a clock, let it count down like you're baking a cake and <laughs> give each other five minutes to just, yeah, you know, but do it in a way, obviously we're not putting that on them because there can be like a misunderstanding. Like I'm yelling at you. It's like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just kind of like getting this out because I need to say it out loud. I need a sounding board. And honestly, the person listening just needs to listen and go, you're right. That sucks. Like they don't need to offer like advice because there's nothing yeah, they're going to say. <laughs> and yeah, you're not always, looking for that. <laughs> I always come back to the, uh, the, for, I don't know who told me, but I feel like it was, somebody at the first agency or the second agency I worked at, we're not saving lives. You know, it's, yeah. it's great to have pride in your work and, and what we do is important. And to our clients, it's exceptionally important. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to die. If that, if that website doesn't launch, you know, if that, you know, if that logo doesn't get presented the next day, like stuff happens and, and, you know, nobody's on the operating table. Uh, at that right. point, if somebody's on the operating table, it's a big deal if you're fatigued. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's, well, and what's that old saying? Like, um, you know, poor planning on your part doesn't make a crisis on my part or something to that effect. I mean, yeah. people around you have to learn to plan. You know, it's, it's all about planning. It's all about, you know, unfortunately, you know, your, your state of mind to some degree is dependent upon other people's state of mind and their ability to take care of their house, yeah. so to speak. Um, well, it's kind of like the role that somebody told me, like the role that I'm in is like, I'm at the top and I'm the big gear. And then there's a little gear at the very bottom of the, the thing. And, and if I'm just doing this, that little gear is like going. Pew! <laughs> <laughs> so my job is to do that and try to feel that little gear and make sure it's not like, and you know, it happens when the bigger the organization gets, the harder that is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that, you know, taking time to taking time to relax and back away kind of helps with that. Um, you know, I don't live with a partner, so I don't have that, that venting thing happens where if you were in my house, you probably think Jason's gone mad. Cause he's just yelling at the wall and, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think those are really good points to bring up from all of you, uh, especially you can marry about kind of just 
diving into like all of that, like boundaries, <laughs> like you've got to have them. You've got to have them with the people you live with, you work with everything because you're a human being, you know, you're susceptible to things that maybe we don't understand because we're not, we're just not that either that demographic or that at that age in our life, like all of us on here, it's like a rainbow of demographic with regards to age. You know, I mean, between myself and John and Mitch, it's 15 years. Mitch is the oldest. And, you know, Kamari, I don't know where you are on the age bracket there. I assume you're close. 24. I turn 25 next month, less than a month away. Yeah. Just in case you wanted to give me a car. <laughs> I have one, but I would like a better one. <laughs> We're having a GoFundMe uh, person on here soon in April, so we'll, we'll see what we can do to do a fundraiser. Test out, test out the fund for Camarius twenty fifth because the pandemic stole my last early twenty year. So, oh, oh yeah, it did. yeah, it did. yeah. I mean, you know, it and that snatched the last glory year for me. I'm mad. They're yeah. all glory years. Embrace them all. Yeah, twenty 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 though was like there's a lot of stuff that got that that got snatched away from people in twenty twenty. Obviously, on the more serious side, but yeah, I mean, we're still dealing with it. We're still dealing with. <laughs> that fatigue from that year. I think John, you brought that up early in the conversation about that. So, uh, diet, the last one that I had was diet. And the reason is, is because I'm, I'm, I found, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one. You have bad eating habits. Your body's just going to be like, this isn't going to continue if you keep pushing in this direction. So you got to clean up your eating habits. Um, my dad was diabetic. He was about 225 pounds or so five foot four maybe and uh he just lost 125 pounds and his diabetes is starting to clear up so it's amazing when you become more active now what happened to him was not because he became more active but if you become more active if you fix your diet if you really really start to watch what you're taking in you start to feel better and you become more productive you become less fatigued when you're working um it's easier to think clearly on how to manage your time and you know, detaching from work and relaxing, like, you know how to do that strategically that doesn't negatively impact what you need to get done. Um, I'm not going to pick on everybody's diet because I'm for it. For me, it works. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's diet, exercise habits, you know, lifestyle is completely different. But for me, if, if the productive side of work, if the time management falls off track, I eat much worse or you know you start skipping meals if you have too much on your plate and you're not managing your time well and you know i had a i had a boss at one of the agencies i worked at literally never saw him eat lunch the whole time i was there two years never saw a guy eat a lunch and i thought how can you how can you function i mean he didn't look unhealthy or anything and he was you know productive as far as i could tell but i think when you when you let that Cause to me, it doesn't start with your diet. Like you can't manhandle your diet for me, at least you can't be like, I'm going to eat super well for the next three months. No, it's a, it's a product. How you eat is a product of how you manage your time and your stress levels. And, um, you know, if you make time for exercise, you, you tend to eat better if you've exercised because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cancel that stuff out. Uh, I'm a big advocate for exercise. It's, it does wonders for your, your brain, your you just your overall state of mind and you you just generally feel better mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I worked I with a guy. That. Too I worked cool. out yesterday and I felt like crap when I left. So <laughs> it was I a don't day. know. We have two different experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing too, though. That's the thing is it's so it's so different for everybody. We can't sit here and give like rules of sure. healthy time management and diet lifestyle type stuff, but. You know, you've got to find something that works for you and you've got to find a way to manage your time and your, 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 the stuff that's on your plate. Cause otherwise you're going to get overly stressed. And when you're stressed, you get fast food. That's my thing. If I'm stressed, stressed, I want some fast food. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you get a happy meal. Thank you. I haven't, I haven't, I'm scared to eat McDonald's because I haven't had it in over a year and a half. So I'm afraid to get it because I'm afraid I'm going to like get sick uh from it you know I mean, uh, yeah i don't know but i still have my root beers that's not good i haven't drank dark in moderation since i was like 15 wow wow yeah well yeah go. probably earlier than that it's not it wasn't really a choice i just started liking sprite and that was it and then one day i realized i don't drink dark pops anymore i went from hardcore crush and grape soda to like sprite or water and i didn't care about anything else after that Hmm. I don't know. There's something about Sprite too. Like if you're, you got a bad stomach or upset stomach, there's just something about seven up and Sprite or whatever, you know, I just, you just feel like I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I know. I got like a two liter, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But I don't know. Diet sounds silly, but yeah. Uh, I knew a, I worked with a guy that was always like, you know, two o'clock is yogurt. Stop. Gotta eat the yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I will say like my diet's never been great, but I'm also not like trash when it comes to eating food like that. But when I eat fruit or yogurt or something over like a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich in the morning, like (laughs) (laughs) it does, it has a very visible, it's a very apparent effect. Like you're more alert, you're not tired. So like, I know for me personally, like I can't eat heavy breads. I can't just eat pizza. Like sometimes we have pizza on campus it'll be free. Like I'll go, I'm, I'm not paying for food. Yes. I eat pizza. <laughs> so like I would get the pizza, but after I eat pizza, I, I need to take a nap. I need I, the itis, the itis sets in. There are certain foods, fatty, heavy foods give you the itis and yeah. you have to take a nap. That's one thing I realized about like myself. Also most people, but I'll just say myself, but yeah, that's one thing I realized about myself. And then, and then like in school, me and my friends, we would cook. So we would have like little meals, like, and I would take it to campus and eat that. Or like every Tuesday, there would be like sandwiches and one center on campus. And every other Thursday, every third Thursday, we would have a soup event, my org. So we would have soup. Like, So I feel like we were eating healthy just because right. that was the free <laughs> option. <laughs> that was a free option. But that like kept me alert. You know, when I graduated and I came home, and I just started eating whatever my mama had in the kitchen things I was like this is plummeting I didn't realize I was doing good there and I'm doing bad here but like I had to give myself an order lucky me I love smoothies so like smoothie That's bowls what I was about stuff. to say you've got me on the smoothie train and I've been for the most part since you mentioned that like I literally went out and bought a blender and <laughs> me and my roommates me and my roommates used to love to cook so like we lived in the virgin islands for a while Uh, me and one of my roommates lived in the virgin islands together and 
we loved pâtés. We was like, man, these pâtés are like fire. We literally just made it. If we found something we, at a restaurant we liked, we like, we're not buying this. We're going to make it. So we own blenders because we always, everybody <laughs> drank a smoothie in the morning. Everybody ate pâtés at night if we felt like it. Whatever we found at this restaurant this one day, six months ago, like we mm-hmm. recreated it all. <laughs> Let me get this so, straight. Yeah. You get, okay, so this is this is kind of like to sum up what happens, because Kamari, I know you got to like, you know, go here in a bit, but uh, so you got John to get a blender to do more. I didn't even know that. <laughs> she just mentioned it a few weeks ago in a team meeting, I think, and I was like, I should try it. I've never, I've never owned a blender or yeah. drank smoothies, and I'm like, that's probably a good idea. But John, but see, <laughs> John told me to get an air fryer so you told john <laughs> to get a blender to do smoothies john told me to get an air fryer and how an air fryer would change my life so oh, you see well, what's yeah. happening <laughs> and do you know what i make in air fryers empanadas empanadas are great in an air fryer for some strange reason oh my good y'all need to get into it get into it and things are healthier yeah. in an air fryer so he helped you you bar- he, took, he took like he took like three calories off your meal. You should like see what I put I in I took like 50 off out. of his. Jason's <laughs> having a little trouble with the air fryer. Yeah, I mean, what comes out, apparently I don't understand how hot versus how long something should be in there because nothing ever comes out <laughs> good. It's okay. I, I, I messed up a croquette in the air fryer once. I've decided I need to put that on the stove. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully the, the pot. So basically I, I, you know, now that that's the way things are working at nerd brand, as far as diets and uh, culinary stuff, we need to get an office now so that you can also smuggle in some free pizza from school. So we'll get you a big brand. <laughs> you want me to drive to Lexington and bring back. <laughs> Not only that, but engage in illegal activities, stealing other people's <laughs> Right. Not only that, we need you to pose as a college student, walk onto campus, steal from starving college students. They're poor. They are poor. We'll just just have like, look, everybody needs to come to the office on Thursday. Why? Why, Jason? Why we got to come to work on Thursday? And I'll just be like, you'll see. You'll see, but bring a pillow because you're going to get the itis. <laughs> yeah. Like we went to the nerd brand, you know, we went to their studio and there's a lot of cots and pillows. What's that about? Nah, it's <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Anyways, appreciate everybody Can being on the show. I think that's probably going to wrap it up because I don't want to hold you up. I know you got to get going. What you got? Can I say one more thing about yeah. the work-life balance thing? Yeah. Because I was saving it. Um, It's important to like, discipline yourself the hardest part is to get discipline for yourself but once you have that set specific times to do specific things so like when I studied an hour and a half on this hour and a half on that if I and then I would stop and I'm like two hours on this proposal I need to do for my org another two hours on the grant I'm working on like literally setting those times a lot of times for specific things helps so much and then I also would have 15 minute breaks in between each thing so I can scroll on Instagram and respond to text messages like those mm-hmm. life changer. Yeah. Like, that's my last thing. Yeah. Yeah. Use your calendar. Yeah. That's what I did. Time blocking is a, is a, you know, a huge, to me, it's a productive skill. If you haven't figured out how to time block on your calendar mm-hmm. and, and categorize certain things, you, you could be more and list more, uh, yeah. 
yeah, you could be more, I guess, uh, organized and that gives you more time to do the things you really do like to do. That's the key. I mean, I think is making time, you know, work is a necessity and it's, it's really great. And then you should strive to love your work. That makes everything a lot easier. But even if you don't, if you can manage your time well and block that work stuff off, get it done, then you can focus on the things you're passionate about or, you know, do more things with your family, whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, that's, that's the key. That's the balance. Well, I uh, think that we gave a lot of good information today. So thank you, Camaria, for coming on and sharing and everybody knows you exist. So uh, there you go. You are welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If any of our listeners out there have any questions, uh, you know, we are at nerdbrandagency.com and you can listen to this podcast at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. You can find us on a bunch of social networks at nerdbrandagency. Uh, is there anything that I need that, that we need to plug or we want to plug or mention? Are we good or? Uh, what's, we uh, what's the collateral URL again? Oh, we're still pushing that. I think it's collateral. I think it's nerdbrandagency.com slash collateral. So we are with everything opening up, you know, I think sales teams need, they need help. And so our last podcast was talking about, you know, how things can get ghibli jarred if you're in a sales room or if you're present, if you're presenting, if you're like, and I've been in this situation where, okay, that color is not the same as that color, but yet we're pitching like creative services, right? You know? And so you want to make sure that, you know, your sales team are feeling confident about what they're presenting. They have the right materials. They understand it too. So there's a message that's with it that they can easily in some way in their own way, which this gets into branding. So it's not enough to just get sales collateral. That's really good and unified in the brand. It's the message too, that they're walking in with. So it's like the scripts and things like that. That's a part of the branding. Um, Not everybody can say the same thing the same way is the point. But if you want to learn more about that, kind of see what that looks like, you can go to nerdbrandagency.com slash collateral. And we're happy to help you out with that uh, because it's not just brochures and business cards. It's, if you can think of it, that's it. And that's what we can help you with. So there's that. I did good. I get a cookie. Good job. Good job. <laughs> All right. I have to go now, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everybody listening. And thank you good for tuning in. Have you. See ya. Remember, keep your nerd brand strong. Ha, ha, ha.